الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله تعالى عليه وعلى اله واصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا اما بعد فقد قال الله تبارك وتعالى في القران المجيد والفرقان الحميد اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا قوم ادخلوا الارض المقدسه التي كتب الله لكم ولا ترتدوا على ادباركم فتنقلبوا خاسرين وقال تعالى سبحان الذي اسرى بعبده ليلا من المسجد الحرام الى المسجد الاقصى الذي باركنا حوله لنريه من اياتنا انه هو السميع البصير صدق الله العظيم respected elders and beloved brothers islam Definitely Masjid Al-Aqsa and the land of Palestine holds a very very close bond and a close attachment in the heart of every believer. And definitely the atrocities and the bombardment and the massacre and the genocide that is taking place in Gaza and in this, the area surrounding this Mubarak land, the difficulties that are taking place at this moment in time definitely causes pain in the heart of each and every believer also. Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned in the hadith that the believer is like one body. If any part of the body feels pain then the entire body experiences that pain so like our muslim brothers and sisters are experiencing this difficulty and hardship it is only natural that each and every one of us share in their pain and in difficulty but on the one hand we witnessed the massacre that is taking place but together with that is how we react to what we are witnessing and what is our demands at this moment and time and what how do we carry out our responsibilities in this moment and time after witnessing what is taking place Masjid Al-Aqsa gained prominence in the Ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam and there are many many virtues and blessings regarding Masjid Al-Aqsa but one very very great and salient feature of Masjid Al-Aqsa is as recited in the ayat the opening verses of the 15th para Nabi Kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam undertook that mubarak journey from Masjid Al-Haram to Masjid Al-Aqsa and thereafter Nabi Kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam undertook the journey to the seven heavens from Masjid Al-Aqsa. And when Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam went on the journey, and Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam thereafter returned from that journey, Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam returned with a gift. And like how if any family member goes on any journey, then we eagerly anticipating what they will return backward. We find that this Mi'raj, according to many many Mufassirin, Mi'raj, it took place at a very very difficult time in the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The years prior to this Mi'raj taking place, One was Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the family of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam were boycotted and banished in the valley of Abu Talib. And they had experienced such difficulty and harm in that period and time that in one narration, Hazrat Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqas mentions that he was so hungry, there was no food. He was so hungry that one night, in the darkness of the night, out of sheer hunger, his foot fell upon something moist. And not knowing what he, his foot fell upon, but because of the sheer hunger that he had been experiencing, due to the boycott he took whatever was on the floor and 
He put it into his mouth just to enjoy some moisture to satisfy his hunger. That was a difficulty that he experienced. And after this boycott also two very very close companions of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. One is a beloved uncle of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Abu Talib. And our beloved mother Hazrat Khadija al-Kubra radiallahu ta'ala anha. She had also passed away after this boycott. And then after Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, this is known as Amul Huzan, the year of grief. After that Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam went to Ta'if. And we know the difficulties and the hardships endured in that journey. Then many, many years later, Hazrat Aisha asked Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, regarding the most difficult day in the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa made reference to this day of Ta'if, when the Mubarak body of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was torn to such an extent, that the entire body of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was flowing with blood, till the shoes, Mubarak shoes of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam became clogged with blood. So this was the hardship and difficulties that Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had endured. And it was after these difficulties and hardships, that Allah ta'ala called Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and this Mubarak journey, had included from Masjid al-Haram to Masjid al-Aqsa, this Mubarak journey of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam included Masjid al-Aqsa. We find that Masjid al-Aqsa is the only place guaranteed upon the surface of this earth that every Nabi performed salat in. And it was on this occasion of Mi'raj, when every Nabi of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, all the Anbiya had gathered there, and Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was the Imam, and Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam led the salah for the entire galaxy of Anbiya al-Sadhu Masjid al-Aqsa, Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was questioned that which was the first masjid upon the surface of this earth. Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam replied that it was Masjid al-Haram. Thereafter Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was questioned that which was the second masjid upon the surface of this earth. Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam replied that it was Masjid al-Aqsa. Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam asked what was the time period between Masjid al-Haram and Masjid al-Aqsa, Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam replied that it was 40 years. So you find that from very very beginning, Masjid al-Aqsa had placed a very very prominent place in the heart of every believer, and a significant symbol of Islam and Shariat and Deen. It was the second Masjid upon the surface of this earth, and many many ahadith show the virtue in one hadith, Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentions that that person who puts on his ihram at Masjid al-Aqsa, and thereafter performs Umrah, then according to one riwayat, his sins will be forgiven. And according to another narration, the Rawi, Shakkar Rawi, there was a doubt on the Rawi, what is the exact wording? But on the one, one was that all his sins will be forgiven, or the other one was that Jannah will become wajib for him. By putting on your haram in Masjid al-Aqsa, and thereafter going for Umrah. Hazrat Maimuna radiallahu ta'ala anha asked Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam regarding Masjid al-Aqsa. And Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned, that if any one of you have the ability to visit Masjid al-Aqsa, then he should visit it. But he is unable to, unable to visit it, then at least he should send some money to light up the lamps that are lighting Masjid al-Aqsa. So Masjid al-Aqsa was our first Qibla, and it was the land of Anbiya, Allah Ta'ala took Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa on the journey to Masjid al-Aqsa, as a comfort after the difficulty of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa had endured. And other Anbiya sallallahu also, after they had endured difficulty and hardship in their life, like the nation, like Ibrahim alayhi after he was thrown into the fire, 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saved him and protected him. Allah ta'ala talks about Lut alayhi salam, the entire nation of Lut alayhi salam. Allah ta'ala says we saved Ibrahim alayhi salam. Walutan and Lut alayhi salam. They had saved Ibrahim alayhi salam and they had saved Lut alayhi salam and we took them to the land Barakna, the blessed land. Quran, when it talks about the land of Palestine, it refers to it as the blessed land. We saved Lut alayhi salam and we saved Ibrahim alayhi salam and we had taken them to the blessed land, the land around Masjid al-Aqsa, the land of Palestine. Similarly, Nabi Dawud alayhi salam, Sulaiman alayhi salam, Musa alayhi salam, they were also, Isa alayhi salam, they were also from this Mubarak land. And many, many places when Allah Ta'ala talks about Sulaiman alayhi salam, Sulaiman alayhi salam, made dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for three things. One dua that Sulaiman alayhi salam made dua to Allah Ta'ala, Rabbi habli mulkan la yambaghi li ahadim min ba'di, that oh my Allah, give me such a kingdom, that after me nobody else will have such a kingdom. Allah Ta'ala accepted the dua of Sulaiman alayhi salam. And, when Sulaiman alayhi salam, Quran talks about the army of Sulaiman alayhi salam. وَحُشِّرُ لِسُلِيمَانَ جُنُودُهُ مِنَ الْجِنِّ وَالْإِنْزِ وَالطِّيرِ فَمْيُوزَهُونَ حَتَّى إِذَا أَتُوا عَلَى وَادِ النَّمْرِ The Sulaiman alayhi salam had a very very last, large and vast army. Allah Ta'ala had given him control over insan. Allah Ta'ala had given him control over jinnat. وَالشَّيَاطِينَ كُلَّ بَنَّائِ وَغَوَّاسِ The shayateen, they used to build structures for him. The many structures that are still found today. They used to go and dive in the oceans and bring back Precious jewels from the ocean for Sulaiman alayhi salam. Allah Ta'ala mentions that the army of Sulaiman alayhi salam, they are straightening their rows. Hatta ida ato ala wadi naml. Till they came to the colony of ants. Wadi and naml, valley of naml. This valley of naml is in Philistine. Allah Ta'ala talks about the travels of Sulaiman alayhi salam. Allah Ta'ala had given him such a kingdom that he should travel by means of the wind. Wali Sulaiman al-Riha. Guduhu wa shahrun wa rawahu wa shahr. Sulaiman alayhi salam, Allah Ta'ala had given him such control that what used to take an entire month's journey, Sulaiman alayhi salam used to travel in the morning with it. What should take an entire month's journey, just by the evening he should travel by means of the wind, he should tra- travel an entire month's journey. And where he used to travel to? Wali Sulaiman riha asifatin tajri bi amrihi ilal ardi lati barakna fiha lil'alameen. He should tra- travel by means of the wind to the blessed land, the land of Palestine. So, Palestine is mentioned many many places in the Quran and Majid. Masjid al-Aqsa is referenced to and mentioned directly. There are only two masjids that are mentioned by name in the Quran and Majid. Other masajid are mentioned, references made like Masjid al-Quba, Masjid al-Ustisal al-Taqwa. Allah talks about other masajid in the Quran and Majid also. But by name specifically, only two Masajid, the name comes in the Quran Masjid. Majid. One is Masjid al-Haram and the other Masjid al-Aqsa. So Masjid al-Aqsa holds a very very great place in the heart of every believer. The second dua of Sulaiman alayhi salam was that if he passed judgment in any matter, then he must be fair in passing judgment. And the third dua of Sulaiman alayhi salam was that if any person visits Masjid al-Aqsa, for solely for the purpose of ibadat, then that person be forgiven. So Allah Ta'ala had used Masjid Al-Aqsa as a place for comfort after the difficulties and hardship of Anbiya Salaam. Like Allah Ta'ala had saved Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam from the tyranny that was taking place in Makkah Al-Mukarramah. And Allah Ta'ala took him on this comforting journey of Mi'raj. And Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam had come back with a gift for the Ummat. And that gift that Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam had come back with, 
is a solution to the every problems of the ummah. Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu sta'inu bisabri was salah. When we witness the hardship, when we witness the difficulties, when we witness the calamities that are taking place in this ummah, then friends and elders, our first and foremost responsibility at this moment in time is to resort back to the masjid, resort back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and go back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, revert back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala has given us this tool that seek the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, firstly enjoy patience, and seek the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with salah. Allah Ta'ala thereafter mentions in the ayat of the Qur'an al-Majid, that nakum. You will definitely be tested, each and every one of us. Our life in this world is a test. We have come into this world, our life in this world is a test. You will go through difficulty, you will go through hardships, you will go through calamities and tests in this world. مِنَ الْخَوْفِ وَالْجُوعِ وَنَقْسِمْ مِنَ الْأَمْوَالِ وَالْأَنْفُسِ وَالثَّمَرَاتِ You will experience loss of life, you will experience hunger, you will experience loss in your crops, you will experience loss of life, loss of near and dear ones. This is our test in this world, and you will be tested. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala thereafter gives glad tidings to those who endure this patience. And friends and elders, we see, and we are witnessing very, very clearly that our Muslim brothers and sisters in Palestine, that despite the hardships and the difficulties, and today marks 40 days, today being the 17th of November, this atrocity has started on the 7th of October, 40 days, and it is not, it is not 40 days. It is 70 years and 40 days. How many years this hardship and difficulty is taking place? They are going through years and years of bombardment, hardship and difficulties. But friends and elders, we find that despite the conditions and despite the trials and the tribulations, whatever falls upon them, they still turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they have, it has not deterred their fate in any way. Hazrat Bilal ibn Abarabah radiallahu ta'ala anhu in the days in Makkatul al-Mukarramah, he was a slave at that time and his master used to beat him for him to renounce and denounce Islam and go religion. But he was firm upon it. So much so that they used to take turns in beating and whooping him. That the master and others used to take turns. They used to get tired in beating and whooping him. To such an extent they used to beat and whoop him that his flesh used to split and wounds used to open up. And thereafter they used to drag him on the hot Arabian sand, drag him. And whilst they were dragging him, he should shout, Ahad, Ahad, the one Allah, Ahad, the one Allah. And they used to mock him and jeer at him. That where is your Allah? You are shouting to your Allah. Where is your Allah? But what has it Bilal mentioned? He says that my Allah is there. My Allah is there. The help of my Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is there. My Allah wants to test whether Bilal is there for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then whatever condition and hardship is he going through, is he there to face Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? What is his sabr and patience? And how does he react to the difficulty and hardship that he's going through? And friends and elders, this is our test in our life, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will put us through hardship and difficulties. So we are encouraged to do whatever we do. On the one hand, turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, increase in tawbah and istighfar. Why? You, don't, you do not only make tawbah, and for not, one, for not for one second even we are suggesting that our Muslim brothers and sisters in Palestine are going through difficulty because of sinning. No, my friends and elders. But tawbah is a tool of a reliever of gaining the rahmat and the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Tawbah draws the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When gunas and sins are committed, and we should understand it like this, that it is because of my sin, my sinning, it is because of my wrongdoing that others are suffering. It is because of my shortcomings. It is because of my disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that other parts of the ummah are suffering. Every person should question himself like this, that how far have I gone 
from the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and how much I have I immersed myself in the disobedience and gunas and sinnings. So we should increase in abundant tawbah and istighfar. When there's disobedience and sinning, then this brings about and makes lawful the anger and the wrath of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So increase in tawbah and istighfar because tawbah and istighfar cools the anger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it brings about the rahmat and the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And friends and elders, in our enthusiasm and in our compassion for our Muslim brothers and sisters in Palestine and the hardship that are taking place, let us not do such things that increase in their suffering and their difficulty. Let us not do such things that are going in contradiction and against the Sharia of Islam and Deen. Let us not become involved in such things that will increase the anger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There are many, many things that are t- taking place nowadays. Let us ask ourselves and, and ponder and reflect on the things that are taking place. We are not going to the final details of what we are witnessing. But are those actions earning the rahmat and the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or the laws of Islam, the laws of Sharia being violated? How often these events that we are holding, it comes at the expense of the laws of hijab. The laws of hijab have been compromised. It comes at the expense of halal and haram. It comes at the expense, a person will do such things. And thereafter his five times daily salah, which is fard, that becomes must, in, uh, he, he, he becomes qaza, he doesn't perform it totally in his, uh, in his, uh, becoming overawed in doing things for the Muslim brothers and sisters that are suffering. So we cannot expect the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if we are going to disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We need to bring about the, the, the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in our lives. Not to, not to bring about the disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in whatever a person wants to do for those that are suffering and the hardship and the difficulties that are taking place. And friends and elders, we look at the difficulties, we look at the hardship, the death toll is rising, 10,000, and it is rising, it is very easy for us to say this figure, but, the, but more and more are suffering, and one is those that have passed on, and the other is those that are displaced. But friends and elders, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran Majid also comforts us, and gives us comfort when we look at this, this type of difficulty and hardship taking place. The Muslims, when they had suffered in Uhud, initially they were victorious, but thereafter, they had suffered losses in Uhud. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala comforts the Muslims of Uhud, or, the, or comforts the families of the Muslims of Uhud, by telling them that, وَلَا تَحْسَبَنَّ الَّذِينَ قُتِلُوا فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ أَمْوَاتَ بَلْ أَحْيَاءٌ عِنْدَ رَبِّ مُرْزَقُونَ In the ayah that I recited earlier also, Allah ta'ala mentions, وَلَا تَقُولُوا لِمَنْ يُقْتَلُوا فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ أَمْوَاتَ That those that have given their lives for this deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, do not count them to be dead. Do not consider them to be dead. Rather they are alive and they are enjoying the bounties by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In one hadith, Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentions that the ruh of a shaheed, the soul of a shaheed is taken into jannat and it is placed upon a green bird. And this green bird is suspended to the arsh of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this green bird thereafter flies about and roams about freely in Jannat, enjoying all the bounties in Jannat, the rivers of Jannat, the food of Jannat, the enjoyments, the eternal enjoyments of Jannat. This ruh of this shaheed is enjoying the Jannat. And thereafter he returns to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah Rabbul Izzat addresses the ruh of this shaheed. And Allah ta'ala asked it, that is there anything more you require? It will reply, no. What more can we ask for when enjoying all the bounties of Jannat? Second time Allah Ta'ala poses the question, is there any more that you require? 
Is there any more that you require? Again the soul will reply, Oh my Allah, we are enjoying everything of Jannah, what more can we ask for? Third time Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala poses this question to the shaheed, that is there any more that you require? Third time this shaheed will reply, then oh my Allah, what more can I ask for? I'm enjoying the rivers of Jannah, I'm enjoying the food of Jannah, I'm enjoying the fruits of Jannah, I'm enjoying everything of Jannah, what more can I ask for? Again the question is posed, thereafter the shaheed will reply, yes oh my Allah, there's one more request I have, there's one request we have, and what is the request of the shaheed? That after enjoying all the bounties and the ni'mas of Jannah, what is the request of the shaheed? The request of the shaheed is, then oh my Allah, return me back to this world, return me back to this world, so that may give my life again such enjoyment, such sweetness, that I have experienced in giving my life for this deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that despite enjoying all the bounties of Jannah, oh my Allah, return me back to this world, so that I may give my life again, and experience shahadat again, again and again, for this deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nabi Akareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentions, that a shaheed will come on the day of Qiyamah, some with their hands cut off, some with their legs cut off, flowing in blood, lonu lonu damim, red blood, the color will be like the color of red blood, warihuhu in the condition that they made jihadat, they'll be resurrected on the day of Qiyamah. The color will be like the color of blood, but the smell will be like the smell of musk. We make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, those that have passed on, Allah rabbul izzad, grant them the highest maqam in the sages of Jannah. We make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala removes the suffering of our Muslim brothers and sisters in Palestine. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala returns Masjid al-Aqsa to the rightful owners and friends and elders. Lastly, we're looking at this difficulty and hardship that is taking place. On the one hand, they are suffering in the other part of the world. But friends and elders together with that take lesson and sabak from it also. That halat and condition can change at any time. Zahar al-fasadu fil barri wal-bah bima kasabat aidin nas. It was once a very, very prosperous country. They were enjoying the bounties and the ni'mat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like how we are enjoying the bounties and ni'mat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in our country. They were enjoying freely the ni'mat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Inna Allah la yughayyiru ma miqoomin hatta yughayyiru ma bi anfusim. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can change the conditions at any time of any nation. So conditions and hardship can come about any nations. Take lesson from those friends and elders. That this is a, an eye, should serve as a wake up call and an eye opener for each and every one of us also. That to turn back to the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah rabbul has given us bounties. Allah rabbul has given us ni'mas to use these in the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wa akhiru dawana. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin.